Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with stars, creators, and industry leaders on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Cornelius Smith Jr. He's an actor who's done a lot of TV work over the last several years, including four seasons on Scandal and four years on All My Children. His latest TV project, the Hurricane Katrina hospital drama Five Days at Memorial, just premiered on Apple TV+. But he spent this summer starring on stage in American Prophet, a new musical about Frederick Douglass. Created by Grammy-winning country music songwriter Marcus Humman and co-book writer and director Charles Randolph Wright, American Prophet tells the story of Douglas and his first wife, Anna, in the early days of their fight for abolition. Mixing text from Douglas's own writing and speeches with music by Hellman, American Prophet is in the midst of its world premiere run at Arena Stage in Washington, D.C., with Smith in the title role. Now the actor is in the virtual studio with me to talk about re-examining Frederick Douglass in the years before he became the elder statesman that we so often imagine him as, and exploring Douglass's relationship with the often overlooked woman behind the man. Hey, Cornelius. Thanks for joining me. And I say, what up, though? <laughs> yes, happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, you, the show is up and running right now. Uh, how's it going? You know, it's going really well, really well. Uh, we open July 15th and uh, we'll be running till August 28th, American mm-hmm. Profit in his own words. Uh, Frederick Douglass in his own words is the uh, full title. And I'm having a blast. I, I really am. I mean, what a time to be doing um, a play like this, a piece like this. Uh, 80% of the words that I speak are Frederick Douglass's actual words. And when you hear them, it's uh, alarming how relevant his words still ring true today. Mm. Um, and so fantastic production, amazing cast, uh, and um, a 
amazing creative team and uh, certainly, certainly having a blast. And how did you first get involved in the project? Uh, I, I, am I right about this? You first got attached. There was a developmental performance at the Apollo, like back in 2019. Was that your first involvement in it? Or were you attached before that? Yes. Yes. Well, um, I actually auditioned for Charles Randolph Wright, who is the director and playwright, yeah. um, along with Marcus Humman. Um, I first met Charles back in maybe 2013 ish somewhere around there i auditioned for uh motown um oh, yeah. the broadway uh musical motown but i think i was auditioning for the tour and so that's when i initially met charles and um i ended up doing another round of callbacks in new york after meeting him i think my first initial audition was actually in detroit michigan my hometown oh, wow. um and so after that round of callbacks in New York, um, actually, I just lost my mother. So my mother passed away. Uh, she's no longer with us. She passed away like on a Friday and I flew to New York that weekend to do these round of callbacks uh, for Charles. And I, I showed up and did the audition and said, you know, at the end, I said, hey, listen, my mom just passed away, but I believe she would want me to be here to, to see this through and to follow through. And so here I am. Oh, also, by the way, I just won this competition called uh, ABC Make Me a Star, where the winner got a one-year talent holding agreement with ABC and $25,000. So I had just won that, and I just lost my mom and did this audition. Charles wanted me for the role. I couldn't do it, but he remembered me. And so that was... That was um, 2014, and then maybe two years later, Charles approached me with this piece, uh, American Prophet. He said, I'm, I'm working on something special about Frederick Douglass. Here's the music. Uh, I think you're my Frederick. Let me know if you're interested. And so I listened to the music, uh, read the script, and was just immediately taken, taken away with the music. I mean, it was so heartfelt. Uh, I really connected with the lyrics and with the vibes. And when I learned that, you know, the lyrics and the music and, and the words and the play were all Frederick Douglass's actual words, I just, you know, I fell in love and said, hey, I'm, I'm with this, Charles. Like, thank you for the opportunity. I would love to be a part of it. And then we set out then to do the, the workshop and the reading at Apollo stage. Mm -hmm. And that went really well. And it got a lot of great interest. And, um... Yeah. And so we, we got ramped up there to get things started. And the COVID, the COVID of it all ended up shutting us down. And so we got put on pause for a couple years, like the rest of the world. Uh, but last year, we, we got it ripped up again and, and did a reading. Um, and now here we are at Arena Stage, just happy to be here on its feet for production loving it and it's been going really really well ever since yeah you've done a lot of uh screen work in the intervening years since you know mm -hmm. we last saw you here on stage uh in new york anyway was theater something you were consciously looking to get back to yeah i mean my roots are my roots are on from the stage i, I went to smu southern methodist university and majored in theater there before that i was at cast technical high school in detroit michigan and was heavily involved in the theater program and activities there and 
Yeah, I mean, NYU grad acting, again, the stage. So I'm, I'm from the stage and always want to kind of keep a close relationship and tie to the stage. Um, but at the same time, I, I do enjoy doing film and television. So that is something that I, too, always wanted to do. And it's just been really great to be able to to do both and, you know, kind of have a full circle moment to to be doing this production at Arena Stage. I've always wanted to do a musical. This is my mm-hmm. first professional musical um, that I that I'm doing, and it's it's great. Also, to another full circle moment, Zelda Fitch Handler, who is the um, who who founded Arena Stage, um, was one of the my class was one of the last classes that she actually handpicked. Uh, for NYU grad acting because she later became a chair at NYU grad acting. And so I'll never forget meeting Zelda and, and just having great conversations and, and working with her. And so it's a, it's a full circle moment to be back at a, at a theater that, that she helped build and found um, and now be on stage doing this, this important, important work. Yeah. For folks who haven't been able to see American Prophet yet, tell us a little bit about its focus and what parts of Frederick Douglass's life it concentrates on. Yeah, so we are focused on Frederick Douglass in this, uh, as a young man in his earlier years. Uh, often, myself included, when I think of Frederick Douglass, the image that comes to mind and the persona that comes to mind is the older statesman with the white hair, just the older Douglass in his 50s, 60s, just just straight old man vibe, mm-hmm. uh, Frederick Douglass. And the unique thing about this is that we're focused on his earlier life, say I would, around the 30s, mid, mid-early 30s to 40s of his life. Uh, and we're also drawing focus on his first wife, Anna Douglas, who he was married to for 44 years. And so we really tell the love story between those two and the journey between those two, because without Anna, there would be no Frederick. She was a huge kind of part of his life, uh, supported him in many ways, um, made made everything possible for Frederick to do what he did and to become the prolific figure that we know him today. And yet Anna Douglas gets no, you know, she's she's not spoken about in the history books. She gets kind of no recognition. And so what's been really fascinating and fun is that we've actually been in contact with the actual Douglas family and got their blessing and just learned a lot of different uh, fun facts and unique things that aren't in the history books that we can kind of incorporate into this production in telling the story of both Frederick and Anna. And also should mention Anna's being played by uh, Crystal and Lloyd uh, in the production, wonderful, wonderful actress. And so it's just been great to, to bring not only Frederick's story and voice to life, but uh, one could argue more importantly to bring Anna Anna Douglas's uh, story and um, voice to life as well. Can you give us an example of one of those fun facts that uh, that you that comes up in the show and not in the history books? Um, hmm. I think I would say, I mean, well, a fun fact for me that I don't know, and I don't know if this came from, I mean, I think this is a known fact for people who really know Frederick mm-hmm. Douglass, but... I didn't know his name wasn't Frederick Douglass. Mm. It was actually Frederick Bailey. He had to change his name. He decided to change his name. Um, I didn't know his full name was Frederick Augustus Washington Bailey. 
and so after he kind of escaped slavery, obviously he changed his name to Frederick Douglass. You know, so I thought his name was always Frederick Douglass, but it wasn't. His 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 um, original slave name, if you will, was uh, Frederick Bailey. And so that was kind of really interesting fact for me to kind of discover throughout this throughout this process. And also, too, I mean, the, just really the existence of Anna. Sadly, I, I didn't know anything about Anna Douglas. And so just learning about her and her contributions. I mean, she she ran the un, she she ran helped run the Underground Railroad like she helped rescue and free slaves on her own in her own right, because at the time, Frederick Douglass was traveling the world and, you know, traveling the world back then took a little time. Um, it just wasn't just a hop, skip and a jump to go to Europe or to go across the country like right. you were gone. And so that left Anna to really hold down the finances, to 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 just really manage everything on her own, which which oftentimes women do. And and they just don't get the just credit that they deserve for for just being such a strong kind of presence and supporting uh, themselves and and the men in their lives. So it's it's been great. So that I think that's a fun fact that I, I think I've learned. As you mentioned, this is a musical. So tell us about the music. What's the sound of the show? Oh man, yeah. This this the the music is 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 riveting. It kind of has its own tempo, its own vibe. Uh, Marcus Hummond, Grammy nominated, uh, Grammy winner. Excuse me. Show some respect on his name. <laughs> um, he 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 just did a fabulous job of just giving each song a very kind of visceral pulse, visceral melody. Uh, rhyme i mean the words it's just it's really unlike anything i've ever heard it's it's kind of it's it has a country a gospel um a, a bluesy sometimes jazzy vibe uh and so very very kind of unique um in its feel and its structure because you know the words that we're singing um he he was able to implement frederick's words into song and just when you read and when you look at some of frederick's speeches and 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 articles and just really everything frederick douglas did his his words his the way he spoke is very poetic and really lends itself to to this kind of melodic poetry that that you can really lean into that makes it great uh, obviously, the transition into music. So, very, very powerful uh, songs um, that that when I first heard it, I found myself just humming. They're very kind of catchy and, and stick with you. They're songs I think that you remember for really for a lifetime. What does expressing your character through song allow you to do that you're not able to do, uh, uh, you know, as you're speaking on stage? Um, I would say, I mean, in many ways, you know, you're still, you're still telling a story. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the most important kind of through line through song is, is really communicating the story, uh, through your character. And so, you know, through song, it just allows you to just really maybe lean in a little more into some emotional pockets that you may not be able to do or find when speaking um to to just really get connected more so i mean i don't want to say more so because storytelling is is it's all it's all very kind of connected like they're they're very 
they 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 partner very well in terms of speaking. Sometimes I'm singing a song and you know, there may be a particular part of the song that that works well with me speaking it and not singing it. That's how intertwined they are. And so it just it just allows you to just be a little bit more open and a little bit more kind of expressive because you know you're you're leaning into the sounds of the vowels you're connecting the the thoughts through through you know in a certain tempo and that kind of provides a certain foundation and landscape uh for you to play that you may not necessarily have if you're just kind of speaking it and you know also music i mean music has a heavy heavy influence you know uh most times you're speaking you could be speaking over music and that that helps but when you're singing with music and just the sound of the the piano and the bass and the cello and all the other instruments it just really helps you i don't know just go a little deeper in the emotional expression of of telling the story that that uh that makes for a delicious exploration for myself as an actor and a singer i'll have more with cornelius right after the break It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, here's more with the actor Cornelius Smith Jr. You mentioned that this is your first professional musical. What's that experience been like for you? You know, it's been great. It's been great. I've, I've, I'm just so blessed and so kind of, you know, grateful. Um, I've always wanted to do a musical, um, and I didn't know when or how. And, and so this great opportunity presented itself, and I, I jumped all over it, and, and, uh, and, and here I am. Um, you know, I grew up singing in the church. My mom was a, a very, um, my mom believed in me from jump. Like, you know, she she said I was a star from the beginning. And she was not shy to put me on blast at family functions to, <laughs> to sing a song. She would famously say, uh, Neil, hit him with an A selection. Might as well give him a B and a C too. Uh, and so I just find myself... <laughs> you know, really entertaining at a, at a young age, entertaining family and just really being open to just that artistic expression of just, you know, really being silly, just, you know, whatever kind of comes to mind being expressive in that way. And so that's carried over obviously into my industry because, you know, we as actors, we have to be able to, to really let go and really approach something without judgment so that you can fully embody and embrace the character and the story and really go there and not be blocked by, by really anything so that, so that the voice and the authenticity of the character and of that moment can really shine through. Tell us about your research process for American Prophet. How did you go about learning what you might not have already known about uh, Frederick Douglass? Yeah, I mean, I read, I read the autobiography, the biography uh, by David Blight. Uh, I took a look at that and perused some of his own autobiographies just to kind of get familiar with just with his story. And I mean, 
you know, the play focused on just really a tiny sliver of mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass's life. I mean, this was, I mean, as we all know, an epic man who lived an epic life. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't, I didn't know just the extents of his life from, I mean, it just, it just really is, it's just really something to behold. I mean, even as a young man, you know, being enslaved, escaping slavery, and becoming the the icon that he is today and just everything that he continued to fight for and accomplish, it's just monumental. And that's probably why he is regarded in, in the way that he is uh, today. So, you know, I read those. And then, you know, from an acting standpoint, I just, I worked with my acting coach, uh, Jeff Prizer, just to really just try to get a sense for where he lives and and who he is and in my body, you know, there were no recordings or audio recordings of Frederick Douglass. So nobody knows what he actually sounded like. There are descriptions of what he sounded like, you know, he had a baritone voice, but baritone is, is, you know, that's so rangy. Like there can be a low baritone, a high baritone, like what does that mean? And so I just found myself just really kind of settling in to really find a voice that felt comfortable for me and that felt appropriate and just finding, I mean, the, the, the thing that I love about just my approach and, and something that, that I kind of took away from NYU grad acting training is just this sense of play. Like you have to play in order to discover play, 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 let loose, let go and play. And so that's really what I did with this character. I just let go. I let loose. I played around until I found something that really connected with me, um, a presence and persona that connected with me that I felt, um, you know, would represent him and embody him as as best as best as I could. Uh, because again, after all, it is a collaboration. You know, it's 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 me playing Frederick Douglass, and so what that means to me and and my interpretation and how that lives in my voice and in my body. And using the, what I like to say, our golden currency as an actor is our imagination. So just using my imagination, letting that run wild to find something um, fun and 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 resonant. And can you characterize what you really connected with in your version of Frederick Douglass? What? How do you? How would you describe uh, your Frederick? I mean, I would. I don't know. It's it's. It, I, w- I guess I would describe it as, you know, when I when I when you read his speeches, he he clearly was a man of 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 intelligence, a thoughtful, highly thoughtful individual, um, critical, loving, and critical of this country, um, and so there is to me just. You know, and then you think about just the life that he lived, there's there's just there is there is pride, there is anger, there is resentment, there is um inspiration, a sense of hope, um, a sense of, of holding others accountable, holding yourself accountable. Um and so just all of these things I think are are just elements that I, I think about when I when I go to try to create and embody like when I say, hey, what is what was it like to be Frederick Douglass? I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the only I can just attempt to to imagine and come close to like what that must have been like to live during that time and to and to carry everything he carried. I mean, you know, not only was he 
you know, living in that time with everything, but he, he had to constantly be on the watch, you know, um, mobs attacking him at speeches, not being safe. It's not like he walked around with a security team or secret service. So, you know, there, he, he's a man, he's, he was a grown man who, who could defend and take care of himself, not only with his mind and his words and through debate and argument, but there's a certain physicality of strength because, you know, he fought his master to escape and just living back then, like you, you settled disputes and things with your hands. Um, and that was just, you know, that was just the world that we lived in today, uh, back then. And so there's a certain, there's a certain, there's a certain hardness. Uh, I think that, 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 that one could assume that that had to be just there naturally for him to survive and to live in the world uh, during that time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a lot of different things that you think about and then you, you take all of that and you try to find what fits best and then, and then really forget about it and let yourself go so that you can really kind of play and explore and hopefully find deeper levels um, to convey his presence and persona. It feels like you probably had an unusual resource that a lot of actors don't have because you could think, hey, what was my character thinking? And you've, he wrote like three books about his life, right? Like you could, you could go back yeah. and actually check maybe and see how that kind of influences uh, what you do on yeah. stage, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he he chronicled and talked about his life and, and that's the amazing gift that he, he really left to the world mm -hmm. uh, is that he, he wrote it all down. It was in his own words. So if you have any, any question about what he thought or how he felt about a particular issue or topic at the time, he told you, he told you, <laughs> he told you in a speech, he told you in a letter, he told you in an editorial, like, you know, through the paper, like there were so many ways that, that he was constantly communicating and getting his voice and thoughts out there. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I had a lot to draw on. And as I said, we, we had good talks and a great relationship with the, uh, with the family and they were helpful and forthcoming too. Yeah. It feels like American history is a thing that theater and musical theater in particular right now is very interested in re-examining. You know, we've got Hamilton, of course, mm -hmm. and then last season yep. there was a show at the public called Suffs that was about the suffragist movement. There's a new revival mm -hmm. of 1776 coming to Broadway in the fall. I, right. I wonder what, why do you think that, what do you think the impulse is and what do you feel like American Prophet adds to the conversation? What does it bring in? Well, I don't mean, I don't, I, I don't know what the impulse is. I mean, I think that we as a society and a culture were just constantly interested and fascinated with the past uh, because we can learn from the past. You know, we should be learning from the past. And so in order to learn from the past, you really have to examine it and really know what happened. And not many people, you know, there, there are people who, who do that as a living and who do that because they enjoy it, who are history buffs because they enjoy reading about history. But not many people really take the opportunity to go back to, to really learn the history. Um, so on, on one fold, I think it's an opportunity to, to obviously educate people about what happened in hopes to, um, to provide them with that education so that they can 
use that in their lives today to to better themselves and and not make the same mistakes and also kind of see the bigger picture. Um, and then two, you know, if you can if you can do it in a way that's entertaining, you really get the best of both worlds, where you're you're educating and entertaining and and um, hopefully that makes kind of the biggest impact. Um, I think American Profit is unique in that, in that it's really the first time that we have seen, um, to my knowledge, that we've seen a story about Frederick Douglass, you know, a story about an African-American um, figure uh, played by African-Americans, um, you know, for Black people, about Black people, with Black people on stage. Uh, so I think it's really unique in that way. And also, too, I mean, here is Frederick Douglass, this prolific figure that a lot of us know about, but there are just aspects and dynamics of his life that we don't know about. And if we do know about them, we certainly haven't seen any of it on stage at all until this time. So I think it's just a unique opportunity to to really educate people in Frederick Douglass and Anna's story. And also in that education, also to hope, hopefully sow seeds of hope, um, sow seeds of agitation, of just really echoing the need to still the need to really fight for truth, to seek truth, to speak truth, um, and knowing that, you know, we, we love this country and there's a lot of work that, that has to be done still to, to have a more perfect union, um, as was quoted uh, by Frederick Douglass. Um, and so there, it just takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of sacrifice. There have already been a lot of sacrifices made and a lot of work done, and it's just it's just a reminder that the the struggle continues, as does the work. Clearly, when we're looking at um, what's going on today and and some of the setbacks that we've had today uh, with regards to uh, women rights, uh, voting rights across the country, like it's you know there's there's setbacks, and setbacks happen when um, setbacks can happen when we take things for granted and and not necessarily really continue to engage in the fight and demand uh, changes from our elected officials and and letting our voices being heard at the at the ballot box as well um, that's really where the fight takes place yeah. we've talked a little bit about your film and TV work as well and we should say that you right around the time that I'm speaking to you there is a limited series on Apple TV plus uh, called five days at Memorial that is coming out uh, pretty darn soon um, and- yes. Uh, But I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about, do you have a sense of how working for the screen has influenced the way you uh, are now returning to the stage? Is there, has that working process uh, taught you anything that that carries over to what you're doing on stage? Yeah. I mean, it's all life stuff. Actually, you (laughs) know, when I first started auditioning uh, for film and TV, things when I was in grad school, you know, the, the feedback that I got was, uh, you know, you're a great actor, but you're a little too big. Bring it down. Tone it down there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and so it was initially a really difficult transition for me to transition from stage work to film because it's just a different beast. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta, it's different in that, you know, you don't need to do as much in front of the camera. And so making that distinction for me was 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 really um, it just took some time. It took a lot of work. And so but once I got it because I worked at it, I got it. Gosh, dog it. 
Um, you know, it just really continues just to inform me more about me and my process and just, just, you know, how I can have, because I did comedy in high school too. So I was part of a, a comedy troupe called the Performing Arts Guild at Cass Technical High School. And so we did, we did like improv skits for the school, kind of like a mad TV in living color uh, on a high school level. We did live theater skits in school. And so, you know, I'm very expressive and I can be very kind of animated and, you know, that can serve very well for certain type of characters on stage, but not as well for, <laughs> for, for the camera. Like right. I can't be so big. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's just taught me more and more about myself, about how I can be as expressive or as, as animated, but, but still like doing less in front of the camera, if that, if that makes sense. Um, and so how has that translated coming back to the stage? It's just, again, it's life. It's just, it's just allowed me to trust myself more, to be more, you know, trusting in my impulses, more embracing in my impulses, just kind of knowing that, that wherever I decide to go creatively, I can support it. And and kind of knowing what 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 arena I'm in, how to support that with the breath, with the voice, uh, with my body, kind of connecting all the tools, um, and it's been great. You know, I've I've this is the most this production American Prophet is it's probably the most that I've sung ever in in like in like a very long time. I want to say like life because I've never done a professional musical. We do eight shows a week. And so that just requires a lot of um, prepping, a lot of conscious awareness of of my breath, my voice, my throat, where I'm, where the placement is. It, it can get really technical, and that's where the training comes in. You know, that's where the NYU training comes in that that I've done, and just other workshops and working with other um, coaches and mentors of just really getting aligned with with my with my tools in my tool belt with my vessel and how to approach that. So it's been it's been it's been really, you know, to this day it's it's I'm still discovering things. Uh luckily I haven't had any issues um with my voice. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm feeling supported. Um but that's largely in part because I, I work really hard to to make sure that I'm ready. I warm up. Um, drinking my tea and I'm, I'm doing my warm ups and doing my exercises. Cause you know, if you, you stay ready, you never have to get ready. And, uh, I stay in a perpetual revolving door of readiness. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and what are the hopes for American profit going forward? Going forward? Um, yeah, I mean, I think New York, I think, I think I hope the next stage is that we get to Broadway and we get to New York. Um, that that's kind of the the dream and the point, you know, with the production. Um, and so I'm all for that. Uh, I, I understand that there is interest. There is a lot of interest. And so I don't have any say of when and where. I just know that that something's going to happen sometime next year. And I'm just looking forward to getting those details to finding out when, um, because I think that this is really a it's just really a powerful production. It's a beautiful, powerful, relevant production that I think people really need to see, will want to see. And, you know, it resonates with them. I think, you know, as art is supposed to do, when you leave the theater, you want to leave impacted, changed, um, 
you know, disturbed even. You can be disturbed. That's okay. Good disruption is good. Like, let's get the heart cores moving. Let's get the mind racing about really, you know, where we are as as a country and as a nation. Um, and, you know, this country is compiled of individuals. So if we can reach individuals and, and have hearts and minds change on an individual level, um, you know, if we can, if we can ignite that change inside the home with, with, with you, with me, with everybody individually, uh, at the kitchen table talks, you know, when you're talking around friends, that's where those kind of conversations really start to take place where you can really affect the change that we all, um, I was going to say, not all of us want to see, but majority a vast, vast, vast majority of people in the world would love to see. Well, we look forward to seeing American Profit here in New York when it gets here. So uh, thanks for much. For, yes. Thanks so much for joining me, Cornelius. It was great to talk to you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. That was Cornelius Smith Jr., the star of American Profit, playing at Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. through August 28th. You can also catch him on screen in the new limited series Five Days at Memorial on Apple TV+. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about StageCraft, or give us a shout-out on social media. Find past episodes and subscribe at all the pod purveyors, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. Until next episode, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>